Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Sergeant First Class John Valentine. Welcome to the Veterans Be Real podcast. Here's where we try to keep it real and do our best to help all our fellow veterans out there. This podcast will hopefully open our veterans' eyes into the transition and challenges they are facing and give them some guidance along the way. Please subscribe and download our podcast. We look forward to you, your insight, and your loyalty. Thanks for listening. And now, here's Veterans Be Real. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, guys. It's, it's John Valentine or Nick Valentine, Sergeant Be Real here from Veterans Be Real. Hey, listen, I think it's time that you heard the veterans' perspective on this whole George Lloyd thing and everything that's going on in the world, this race issue and things that are going on. I think I think that we as veterans need to stand together and do something about this. I know a lot of you veterans out there, we stood with our brothers no matter what their color was, no matter what their religion was, no matter what anything was. It didn't matter. They were our brothers. I have a lot of black friends that I consider my brother. Like I literally would take a bullet for right now. I would have jumped in and got involved with George Lloyd and took care. I would have I would have engaged that because it's just un, it was un-American. It was unethical. It was horrendous. You know what I'm saying? And then talking to my friends and family, you know, I grew up as a white kid. So I didn't grow up with and my family grew up that way. So we didn't grow up with some of the fears that a lot of black families grow up with. Worrying about if your 16-year-old son or daughter is going to make it home tonight because they might get pulled over or get messed with or whatever. And, you know, a lot of us as white people don't have to deal with those type of things. We don't understand them. I wish I could understand it for my brothers. I mean, I went to a school and I was in South Philadelphia in seventh grade and I was the only white kid in my class, straight up, honest to God. All black kids, a couple Hispanic kids and me. And that was it. And I was the only white kid in my class and I got along fine there. But yeah, I got my ass kicked once in a while because, you know, I was white. But most of the other guys, kids stood up for me, you know, because I was cool with them and we didn't have no issues. Because I grew up in my household, it was about your character, not about your appearance. It wasn't about what you looked like or what you, you know, what your religion was. It was about your character as a person, as a, as a man or a woman. And that's what really matters. And I'll tell you, for all of you out there listening, what I need is I need all of us as veterans in all of our communities. We need to stand up. We need to get with our city council. We need to get with our mayors. We need to get with our police chiefs. We need to get with the police union because we need to have a sit down and figure out what the rules of engagement are going to be for police officers going forward in this country because I think their rules of engagement are, too, are a little liberal or maybe not as clear and as they're and concise as they are in the military. For instance, all of us that were in the military, when we were out in war, whether we in Afghanistan or Iraq or wherever we might have been, we all had rules of engagement. We could just go out and shoot anybody we thought was in it was the enemy. They had to, a lot of times we go outside the wire was fire unless unless fired upon. Do not fire unless fired upon. Or and then even then after that there were still stipulations. There were rules, right? And I think that our police officers, God bless them. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think the majority of police officers are good people. Uh, there's a few bad apples out there, just like there are a few bad apples in the military. There, are, you know, ten percent of whatever population you're in. There are shitbags in that 10%, right? So whether they're cops or soldiers or sailors or whatever they are, politicians, 10% of politicians are dirtbags, flat out. You pick and choose. I'm not going to get into the political dilemma with you, but here's the deal. But when it comes to Black Lives Matter, they do matter. All lives matter. But think about the difference between me as a white man growing up in my life and, and growing up and not having to live my life the way a black family had to live theirs, you know, had to... I know my mom would have been, if my mom and I were black, we were black and my mom had to worry about me every single time I left the house that I was going to come home okay. 
my life might have been different. You know what I mean? It might have been a lot different. It would have been a lot different. I know it would have. So for all my brothers out there, my black brothers out there that are out there, I know my so, two of my closest friends, you know, Melvin Lomax and Jason Grant, they're both black guys. And, but they, you know, I don't look at them that way. They're, they're my brothers. Like, literally, they're my brothers. Yes, when you identify them, you see the difference in who we are. But as men and as human beings, you know, it's about your character, right? But if we as a veteran community can't start standing up and saying, listen, because let's just be honest. A lot of us as veterans have a little bit of influence in our communities because of our status, right? So if we go in there and use that to talk to the police chief, the mayor, the city council, and say, listen, we need to discuss this, how our rules of engagement in our community, don't worry about what they're doing in Chicago or Los Angeles or New York, let them handle that. Worry about where you're living right now. Like I live in Copper's Cove and I'm trying to get some veterans together with me here pretty soon. And we're going to go to our police chief, our mayor, our city council and say, hey, we need to have a sit down and look at this to make sure Nothing like this ever happens where we live because no man or woman that lives in this city deserves to be treated that way. None. I don't care what you're getting pulled over for. The minute you're in handcuffs, you are restrained. There's no reason to be violent towards you at any level anymore because you're restrained. There's absolutely no excuse for what happened to that man in, 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 in up there. And there's just no excuse for it. Once he's restrained, they could have put him in the car, had him on lockdown. His knees would have been up against the seat, his hands behind his back. He's not a threat to anybody when he's handcuffed. He's already controlled. There's no reason to go to that next step. What that was, was it was, it was flat. It was murder. It was flat out murder because when he took it to that point and cut off his breathing and he didn't get up off him and those other cops, and I'll be honest with you guys, what pisses me off even more is those other cops sitting there going and they didn't even say, Hey man, get off his neck. Let's just put him in the car. You know what I'm saying? Blah, blah, blah. It was for a bad $20 bill or some crazy stupid thing like that. It wasn't like this guy went in there with a gun and he was a threat to anybody. He he tried to pass a phony bill, which turns out, I guess, not to be phony or whatever. But the point is none of it's relevant. The guy, from all the videos you saw, the guy wasn't being combative with anybody. He was just kind of wandering and walking, and he actually looked a little bit inebriated or something at some point. I don't know. But the point is, we as veterans, that's and see, the police have a union, so you got to deal with the union, too, because the union fights for all the reasons why the cops are cops. and gotta, So we really got to put the pressure on the police unions is what we got to put the pressure on, because these rules of engagement are asinine. I don't think we should not fund the police department. Yes, we should fund it, but there should be more oversight on the rules of engagement on how a police officer interacts with a citizen, all right? They show up to a call. There's a threat maybe of, of danger. Then I understand, but that's why they got tasers. That's why they got pepper spray. There's other things they have that they can engage to control and, and subdue a potential arrestee or, or a detainee. They don't have to pull their gun. They don't have to step on anybody's neck. They don't have to fucking put you in a grasp and choke you out. So you tase them. That electrifies them to hit the ground. Then two of you guys grab their arms, put the handcuffs on, and then he's then he's secure. He can't do nothing to nobody now with his hands behind his back and he's handcuffed. So it's absolutely so all of us as veterans out there, think about this. Go to your VFW or DAVs, go somewhere. All right. But we have to, as veterans, we fought for our country's freedom so that our country could be free, free of racism, free of bigotry, free of unfair treatment of our citizens. I mean, Jesus Christ. He, he was trying to pass a bad $20 bill, supposedly. Where in the hell does it come in where you got to put this guy on the ground and put your knee on his neck? I just don't get that. I mean, that's just asinine. Maybe they need to also look at the police. Maybe we need to give these officers some, some more mental health testing and screening to make sure they don't have their own issues and they shouldn't be a cop because they have certain issues, narcissism or whatever it might be that, that takes them to another level. Because police officers do not have power. They have authority. Police officers may think they have power. But you don't have power. You have authority given to you by the city, by the mayor and all the city council and everybody who, who puts you in a position to police the, the, the city you work in to keep it safe. Your job is to protect and serve, not kill, not beat nobody, shoot nobody, step on nobody's neck. You should only fire your gun if a gun's being fired at you. I'll be flat out honest with you. 
there isn't a police officer alive that didn't go into that job knowing that their job was going to be dangerous that shouldn't be able to say, I'm not going to fire my weapon unless I'm shot at. Because I know I'm already wearing a vest. I'm already one up on whoever's shooting at me because the probability of them wearing a bulletproof vest is slim to none, right? So you already have some protection, all right? Plus, you're going into an environment where you already got information because people have been on the radio with you telling you about what's going on. So you can kind of be prepared. But your first thing you should grab is your taser gun because electrocute, you know, electrifying somebody enough to get them on the ground to get control of them, I can live with that. I think most of us could live with that. If they would have done that, handcuffed him and threw him in the car, none of this would have happened and all this idiocracy would have now not even expanded to where it is. So all of us as veterans, I'm pleading with you as a veteran, get in that community, that veteran community you're in right now, get with your city council, start with your city councilman, say, hey, look, we need to have a meeting. We need to get the mayor in there. We need to get the police chief in there. We need to get the, the, the union rep, the police union rep in there. Because we need to see what the rules of engagement are. Because now what I think is an obligation to all American cities is whatever your police department's rules of engagement are, they need to be posted somewhere. So we can all see what the rules are if certain things take it to a certain level, what the cops are allowed to do based on the the union rules that they've agreed to with the city, yada, yada, and all that bullshit. Because it's a crock of shit. I could have got killed every time I got deployed. But I didn't use that as an excuse because my job was dangerous. I still went and did what my job was to do. All right? All of us as veterans did that. Whether you're infantry, you were a medic, you were supply, you were artillery, you were an engineer, whatever your job was, you didn't look at it as that. You just went and did your job to protect our country and the rights and the freedoms that our country have. All right. There's a lot of other free countries in the world. All right. Some free countries in the world, other police officers can't even have guns. They have tasers and billy clubs, so they can't even shoot anybody. All right. So there's a way for us to fix this. Maybe we need to go to a model where Police officers don't have guns unless they're alerted that there's an uh, active shooter somewhere and then they get their guns and they go to an active shooter, all right? Because police officers should be those type of people that can walk up to you calmly and say, sir, you know, I'm police officer Jones, yada, yada. You, it's been called, sir, I need you to step over here, yada, yada. And then they got a taser and they got pepper spray. They got whatever they need to, con- to control the environment if they need to. There's no need for them to have a gun, all right? And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Second Amendment guy myself, guys. Don't get me wrong. I believe that we should all be allowed to have and carry our guns and all that stuff. But when it comes to this, when you're in a position or a job or a title that says you're there to protect and serve your community, that doesn't mean shoot, stab, just shoot, put your knee on nobody's neck, break somebody's arm, punch somebody in the face. It means your job is to control the situation, get it under control, make it safe for everybody around you. Because let me tell you something. Like we can all go even back to Rodney King and all that, all that bullshit. There was absolutely no, there, see, there's, there's levels. And there should be a special place in prison for these officers that do this kind of stuff. So they have to be confronted with the men and women that are in there that had, you know, been put in there wrong to some of them because of the bad cops that are out there. Because let's just be honest. There are great cops, there are average cops, and there are shitty cops. And I, my uncle was a cop for 30 years, and I loved him. He, and I loved, I loved everything what he was about. And he was a good cop. He never had any major complaints against him. Nothing. He was just a good person. He treated people with respect and dignity, and he always had no issues. So us as veterans, though, back to that, I think what it takes is this, guys. We need to make sure that we are making an impact in our communities by standing up and voicing our community. We need to get with our city council, our mayors, our police chiefs, and the, and the police chief and them got to bring the union reps in because we need they need to have a sit-down meeting and go over what they're – and I don't even know if they call it rules of engagement. I use that term because I'm a veteran, right? That's what we as soldiers used to call it, rules of engagement. But I'm sure it's some kind of verbiage they use that if things escalate, they're allowed to take things to this level. If things escalate a lot, they can take it to this level. Well, now we just need to look at what those levels are and get those things under control because those things are the what – are causing all these accidental deaths, supposedly, or murders, or shootings, or whatever, because, you know, if an officer's that scared that he's not going to go home, that he's in the wrong line of work, you know, maybe they should start hiring more veterans as cops, because we know how to follow rules of engagement. But even then, 
10% of the people you hire are still going to be shitbags. They're going to be bad people because they're just bad people. Because unfortunately, in this population, in our society, in our world, 10% or more are not good, wholesome people. They're not going to be people that take care of people. That's why there should be more psychological screening when it comes to hiring a police officer or even military guys. Getting in. I'll be honest with you. I don't think the military screens hard enough to make sure they're not getting the right type of people in the military because recruiters have you know things they got to get done, and they're just trying to squeak everybody in. And I'm not mad at them. That's just their job. But the point is, the military and stuff could put things more in control where they control that. So the mil- there's no reason that a police department can't do that. They sit down with the union reps and they go, okay, listen, we need to protect and serve this city, but we also need to protect our officers. So what is going to be the, the, the line that doesn't get crossed? Where are we safe and where are the officers safe? And I got it. But then the police chief, the mayor, the city council, and hell, the city should know about what the new rules are going to be. So we all know going in what our officers can and can't do in certain situations so we know when we're safe or not. All right. A cop can get in his car and drive away and just come back later, whether they catch him. You know what I'm saying? They can leave the situation and come back. They don't have to make it escalate to the next level. They could just walk away and come back and say, okay, we'll just try this again tomorrow or whatever. But they choose not to, most cops, because they're trying to do their job. I got that. But the point is, guys, we as veterans, there's got to be a voice out there. And I think us as veterans are a perfect example because we lived in a community where we had all different races and colors and religions and all kinds of stuff, and we didn't care. When I was in the foxhole next to you, I didn't give a shit what color your skin was. All I knew is you better have my back because I got your back and I want to go home and you want to go home. So let's go to fuck home. So understand that those police officers have rules. They might not call them rules of engagement. They call them other things, I'm sure. But you all know where I'm headed with this. This, That's what we have to control. It's not about not funding them because we got to fund them. They got to have stuff to take care of their jobs. It's more about what are their rules are when they interact with a citizen, whether it's whatever. How far can they take it legally? And if they don't and they cross that line, they have to be held to the same standard as everybody else. There's no gimmies. The cops need to, the officers need to know there's no gimmies for me. If I fuck this up, I could get arrested too because I can't cross this line. And if I feel I'm going to cross the line, I should get in my car and drive away and then we'll come back and try this tomorrow. Or I'll go back and report what happened and it escalated and I didn't want to take it too far. I didn't want to have to take So I just left and I said, I'll come back and we'll deal with it tomorrow. There's better ways to do this, guys. We're in a civil community. We're in a civil country. We can treat people with fucking respect. All right, excuse my language. I know I'm getting fired up. But I'm an old veteran who doesn't believe in anything because I know when we went outside the wire in Iraq and Afghanistan, we had rules laid out for us before we left. And there was many times I went out on missions and they were like, do not fire unless fired upon because we're going on a, a peaceful mission. We're trying to find some information. Da, da, da. You are not to shoot anybody unless they shoot at you first. And even then, a lot of times it had to be you still had to be given the OK by leadership above you. Your platoon sergeant, platoon leader, whoever had to say, yes, fire back. And everybody was on comm. So we all knew it. Just like cops. All cops are on comms. They can click that radio any moment and say, hey, uh, Sergeant such and such, what should I do here? And it starts, the sergeant will say, discontinue, disengage, get back in your car, wait for backup. And then you do that. Or hold back, step back, let the, let, you know, bring the situation back down, calm down, step away, tell him to just wait there. What, and, then, and if he drives away, get his license plate. We can track him down later. It's not like you guys can't track everybody down now. It ain't like you can't find anybody you need to find. All right, It's hard to hide nowadays with everybody with cameras and, and phones and all those other shit. But listen, veterans, get out there. Get with your communities. Let's do something about this because black lives matter. All lives matter in the end. But let's just be honest. Our black community has gone through so much shit from way back when the slavery started. And really what we all should be saying is white people, whether we are guilty about it or not guilty about it or whatever, because our ancestors, whether you were related to them directly, it might be 10 generations from ago. Hey, man, we're sorry that shit happened. If it would have been nowadays, that shit would have never happened. That's all I can tell you, man. I'm sorry it happened. I can't change what happened. I can just tell you that I'm sorry that it happened to your 
your generation of people, your family's generations and your extra. But listen, man, that lifestyle. And, and, you know, I watch movies and my kids see that shit. Like they'll see whites only on a sign when watching the movie. And what's that about dad? I'm like, that's a bad time in our history, son. That's what that is. That's a bad time in our history. When we, when our country thought it was okay to treat other people a different way because they look different, not because they acted different, but because they look different there. You don't even know who that person is until you walk up and talk to him. But because he was a different color or different, whatever, you treated him bad. You know, I watched a thing last night on ESPN about Bruce Lee and how bad the Chinese and the Asian people were treated, blah, 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 with our country. Our country has a history of being just not good people. All right. All the white, you know, most of the white generations and families that came up that had money and all shit, they were uppity people that didn't think that they needed to be treated different. They treated everybody different because they thought they were better than everybody else. And some of that stuck, unfortunately. But know this, our society should not put up with that crap. Shouldn't put up with it. Doesn't mean we should go out breaking the law. Doesn't mean we should go out riding and stealing from other businesses and people that are trying to earn a living and pay their employees and do those. That's not good. What that is, that's the criminal, that 10%, that criminal entity that's going to take advantage of the situation. Because that's all looting is. It's people taking advantage of a situation instead of trying to, listen, if Martin Luther King was alive right now, he would be disgusted with the way that the communities have been acting out towards this. He would be disgusted. And Listen, Martin Luther King is an idol of most, of most people, mine included. He's one of my idols. That man would have made a wonderful president. I mean, back in the day, that guy, I mean, to think about the, the, the negotiating abilities that man had and the, and, the, and the intelligence he had and the things he did. If he was around right now, he'd be disgusted. He'd be disappointed in all of us. Black, white, doesn't matter what color you are. Anybody that was riding. I saw white people riding and Asian people riding and, and going through and stealing and looting stuff and taking people money and, and hurting other people. You're hurting other people that didn't do anything to you. All those stores that got robbed, those people didn't do anything to you. But I get it. People took things to a certain level. But listen, that was a, the criminal minds took advantage of that situation. That's what that is, Okay. So don't don't baller all the black people up in the role and say that because if you heard about that young that that seventy seven year old black man I think Doran was his name I think a retired police officer seventy seven years old that was trying to stop a looter I think it was in St Louis I think it was Missouri somewhere shot and killed and then somebody somebody videotaped him on Facebook or whatever live bleeding out didn't try to put any pressure on the wounds didn't try to save the man watched him bleed out. But I didn't see any of that on the major news streams that this 77-year-old black man who was an ex-cop trying to stop a looter who was shot to death. So we, we need to make sure that black lives do matter and that all lives do matter in the end. But right now it's about justice for the black race. It's about justice for minority races, not even just black, all minority races, really. We as white people are not superior to anybody. We're just human beings too, like everybody else. We carry our, some of us carry ourselves differently. Some of us do. But most of us out there care and respect black people. And we care and respect other general. There's not a lot of us out there that are radical that way. There's really not as many as people think, I think. Because I know I meet a lot of people, man. And if I even sense that they're racist or they got some kind of problem with somebody just because of the way they look, dude, I don't even want to, I don't even talk to them anymore because it's just not right. So us as veterans, back to that. Get in with your communities. Get in with your city council. I know I've been ranting on for a little while here, but I'm telling you guys, it's important because I'm telling you, man, all our lives matter. Because when people get upset, they start doing things they normally wouldn't do. When people get angry, they start doing things they normally wouldn't do. Because I know I love being angry. It's one of my favorite feelings because I love being out of control. That's one of my PTSD downfalls is that I love being angry and letting my rage out and being and not even care about what happens to me physically, mentally, virtually, whatever. It doesn't matter. So I understand that 100%. But what I'm telling all of you out there is this. Black lives matter. People matter. White lives matter. Asian lives matter. Filipino lives matter. You know, all that stuff, all those lives matter. Everybody's lives matter. No one should be treated disrespectfully because they look different than somebody else. No one should be treated harshly because they look different than you. They're human beings. They have hearts. 
the same blood inside their system as you do is red. They have the same organs you have, same everything, all right? Treat people with respect out there, all right, people? All right, listen, I'm doing this podcast to help soldiers and veterans in the, in the communities that we live in. But if we as veterans don't stand up and address this and address it the, the way I think is the right way, which is get to your city council, get your mayor involved, get your police chief involved, get the union and the police union involved and find out what the rules of engagement are, adjust those rules of engagement to make sure that they coincide with the way that our society should feels that police officers should, should interact with citizens. And then if we get to that point, then we can eliminate all these problems. We don't need to defund a whole police department. We have to have police department because there's crime out there because 10% of the population are shitheads and they're going to steal from you, rob you, rape you, kill you, whatever they want to do because they don't think they have to follow the rules because they might have something mentally wrong. I don't know. But the point is we have to have somebody out there protecting us when we're not watching. And that's what cops are supposed to do. They're supposed to protect us. But if we hold them to that standard that that's their job is to protect us, not to take advantage of us, not to belittle us or try to hurt us or shame us and do the right things. All right. So everybody out there, please get with your city council. If you're a veteran or a soldier, please get with your city council, your mayor, your police chief and your police unions. Get them to sit down and have a meeting and, and have some president, have some veteran presidents there and, and raise your hand and say, look, man, we had to do the same police. T- we were policing in Afghanistan and Iraq for a certain point in the time when we were in there. And we had to follow certain rules, even though we had our ARs and we had all our weapons that we couldn't shoot nobody unless they were shooting at us to kill us. We couldn't defend ourselves. We had to go in there with the mindset that we had to go in there and try to fix the problem by talking, by communicating. So think about that, guys. I love all and respect all of you out there. You guys are all amazing human beings. Try to keep it real. Keep your people going and understand that everything that we do has got to be what's best for our country. God bless you guys. I'm out. Well, that's a wrap, everyone. Hope you all got something out of this podcast today. Please tell a battle buddy about us and stay tuned for our upcoming podcast. Don't forget to visit our website at www.veteransbereal.com. Support us because we got your back. Till next time, everyone, I'm out of here. Oh, 